0: Just a quick heads up, the episode today will be playing clips from a rated R film, and some of those clips are going to have some salty language, so if you have any kids listening, you may want to put on some headphones. Hey, this is David Nelson, creative director of The Backlot Podcast. We have a special episode today. We have instructor extraordinaire, senior directing instructor here at the New York Film Academy, Nick Sivakumaran. How you doing, Nick? pretty good how you doing Dave I am excellent so the audience you know Nick and I have known each other for a while our entire time in Los Angeles that's right um, went to USC together we've been teaching here together ever since I stopped he still continues to teach I now do this stuff we'll cut that out <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah we've not yeah, from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast yeah just you, like you, John McClain exactly. <laughs> I'm from Jersey though. He's 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 a New Yorker, but not not New York City. I lived in the city. Did you I, did I, you live in the city? I lived in I was in town. Glen Oaks. I lived all over,
1: but then we moved to uh, Rockland County. Oh no, how old were you when you did that? Ten.
0: Okay. Oh so, yeah. And here we are today, here to talk to you about a movie of our youth, Die Hard. Yippee Kai, motherfucker. Just an awesome action-packed Romantic love story, as we've discovered. <sighs> Christmas movie, romantic love story, uh, you know, a, a film for, for everyone. Perfectly described. One of my favorites. So uh, tell me when you first saw it. Like, how old were you when you saw Die Hard? What was the. This does
1: age me, but I was 15 years old. I saw it, I don't know if it was opening weekend, but I saw it with my dad, my neighbor. And it was probably one of the first rated R
0: movies. I don't know how I convinced my father to take us to see it, but um do you, do you want to know what my first rated R movie was that my parents took me to unknowingly? Well, Flashdance. No, uh, yes, wait, Flashdance rated R? Yeah, yeah. Rated R. okay, that's unknowingly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Flashdance. So my mom, my mom was a dancer, and she's like, "Oh, uh, it's a movie about dancing. That's awesome." So I was like, "I think eight. That's I don't awesome. remember how old I. Was. Well no. First of all, I think we could do this as like a Christmas podcast, even oh. though Bruce Willis didn't think it was a Christmas movie, apparently. Is that what he said?
1: Yeah, that's apparently, like there's a... Yeah, there's but a- I don't think it was designed as a Christmas, it came out in the summer, right? So it wasn't designed as a Christmas movie, but it is the best Christmas movie ever.
0: No, totally. I was listening, like even the, from the very beginning, he's, he asked for Christmas music. Guy's like, oh, I he's want real like, this, this is <laughs> Christmas music. <laughs> is got any Christmas music?
1: is christmas music wait so how because i know when we were talking about what movie to choose and right and i was you said i think you said 80s films
0: yeah like 80s 80s 90s 80s
1: i i gotta tell you because whenever you know the first day of class whenever we talk to students about you know talk about like your favorite films or, or films that have influenced you and stuff i always i, I always say die hard and it's sad that now most of my students have no idea what I'm talking about. And I have to explain, I go Die Hard, or we talk about directors, and I'll mention John McTiernan, and no one knows him. And when I mention Predator, and they go, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> of course they know that. So
0: they know, yeah, well, I guess that's been remade, right? There's Probably, been, yeah. And then...
1: But Die Hard's got like five of them now, right? So you'd think they would know that. So
0: they just, they don't know the series, or they haven't seen the first one?
1: I don't know. But but then it's also like, you know, everyone sits there, they go around the room, they're like you know, Main Streets and Taxi Driver and and Pulp Fiction. And I always, I talk about like Bridge on River Kwai and Casablanca and Die Hard. And they're like,
0: who is this teacher? (laughs) All right, so yeah, I mean, that's, why Die Hard? Uh,
1: Two things. One, I mean, I think it's the nostalgia, right? Like I was 15 years old. I saw it with my dad and my neighbor. It was one of the first films I saw, rated R film in the theater. Hmm. And it was so violent, but my father, you know, he had no idea. He just took (laughs) us to the movie. And I remember still thinking it was the greatest movie I ever saw when I was fifteen, and I would just watch it constantly. So I think it goes back to that time period, but then it holds up. And I think it's the I think it's the best action film ever made. That's my.
0: All right. I mean, I I just watched it again last night. Obviously, yeah. we're the same age. I grew yeah. up with it. It's it's an amazing film. I think so. But like, what about it? I, I mean, I want to break what, all that down. But yeah, yeah. What about it holds up?
1: Well, you know what? When I say holds up, I think it's it's so. It's so well-constructed. I love how everything just works together, the plants and payoffs. It's such a self-contained film, right? Just also just, you know, I mean, literally self-contained in that building and, you know, Mm. the the story works so well on so many different levels.
0: It is such a good story. And, like, I forgot uh, that the story is about, it's like the building and the thiever, the thiever, the robbery. Yeah. All of it's, like, second place to this romantic. It is, it's romantic, right? (laughs) It, not only is it romantic, because it's funny, there's a lot of things that don't play to today, I thought. Like, like what? Um, all right, So, like, in the very beginning, the woman's like, can I have a drink? And, and uh, Holly uh, turns to her and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're you're almost, she's oh, just geez. about to give birth. She's like, yeah, go, go ahead, have a drink.
2: Jenny, it's 5.40. Go join the party. Have some champagne. You're making me feel like Ebenezer Scrooge. Thanks so a lot, Mr. Nero. Do you think the baby can handle a little sip? That baby's ready to tend bar.
0: That's true. Like, you can't do that. Um, honestly, like, in the party, when I was watching the party, there's only one African-American character, and he's the guy serving drinks. Oh, really? Yeah, in the, in the party. So, like, there were little things. The that, like... terrorists
1: are more diverse, I think.
0: Aren't yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something I think. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but, like, honestly, on the flip side, I was thinking, like, you look at Holly, and she is... I mean, the whole thing is predicated on the idea of this woman who is not going to just... She has her own career. She travels across the country with her kids. Yeah. He's this old-fashioned dude who wants her to come back. And ultimately, he goes to her in the end. Yeah. But look, I, I interrupted you. You were... Then, uh, so, yeah, we were the greatest... <laughs> I, I don't
1: know. You know, and it's, again, like, I do think there's so much nostalgia there. Like, you know, you just go back to that... That summer, like being a teenager, watching that. But the fact that it plays now, like we just mentioned, like Christmas, it plays every Christmas, right? Just nonstop. I saw it. When did Alan Rickman die? When when Alan Rickman passed away, there was a um, a retrospective on his work. And uh, I saw a double feature of Die Hard and Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves. Oh, okay. He was, was created Yeah, but it was just like, you know, like the ultimate villain. And watching Die Hard, and especially 35 film print, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I love this. Just like how I, you know, I used to. Robin Hood, not so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, was, that, that was, but when I, I was, I was watching uh, yesterday and I had it with the commentary on with mm. John McTiernan. And, it was, it was so like, and I was sitting there going, I've never seen this with a commentary and I've had this DVD or different versions of the Blu-ray, whatever for so long. I've never heard his commentary, but, uh, I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you have some really good ones. This guy, he
0: gave some good feedback here and there, but there was, it wasn't ultimately. Yeah. I don't, don't think re- it was enough. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of like commentaries I've watched where I've been like, I really learned something.
1: Yeah. Cause a lot of times I think it's, they're sitting around watching it and like reminiscing about what happened on set or they're just joking around they're drunk or something right there's (laughs) there's rare commentaries that work this one though is him and uh the production designer so the production designer is going on about of course production summit and fox plaza which that's another thing i think why this film (laughs) why i love it so much is living in the west side Every day, I drive by the four, five, whatever the ten, right. and I see the building, and I'm always like, "Nakatomi Plaza." <laughs> right.
0: Is it is so? Even the the base of it, where yeah. like the guy, it was that's all the same with the building there, right? I'm pretty sure.
1: I'm pretty sure they actually didn't they. Oh man, I don't know enough about that. I thought they blew up like the first or second floor because it was in construction when they shot it there.
0: Oh right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. It was the there was they were under construction or just building it? So they were like, you know, we can do whatever we want to the building, I guess. So.
0: It's weird. For like the first two years here, I would pass by that building and I'd be like, I know it. I, well, that's, f- that's a familiar oh, building. I don't, I don't know when it finally clicked. I'm like, die hard. Um. The other thing I do want to say is on the flip side, I, I did notice there are three African American characters, well placed. One guy is, you know, of course, Ar- oh. Alan Rickman's second. Okay. Um, but then there was also, forgot his name in the limo.
1: Oh, God. On your limo drive. Oh, Argyle.
0: Argyle. And 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 then Sergeant Powell, a hugely important character. And you had uh, Agent Johnson.
1: Remember that guy? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
2: Agent Johnson. This is Special Agent Johnson. Oh, how you doing? (laughs) No relation.
1: The other Agent Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, it's other Agent Johnson. And it's something, it's so funny, because I still, I don't know, I quote the movie, and when I was watching it yesterday, then I was thinking, like, there's other lines that came up and I was like, "Oh, that's a pretty good line. I didn't even think about that." But the there's it, the, the the line that I quote all the time is the I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> <Remember that line? laughs> I don't, and I say that and no one knows what I'm talking about. I just right. I say it to Rick Ross a lot actually.
0: Well, and the He's thing old. like and it's it's funny because I, I when I again, I just watched it last night and at the time I was like, "Yeah, cuz this guy is old and now it's like, "Oh my god, I'm old." No, because yeah, yeah. So what <laughs> what they're referring to is uh one guy says, Dislect! and then his partner agent johnson says
1: i was in junior high dickhead and i got to tell you it
0: uh it came back
1: in which one was it the fourth one live free or die hard i remember there was like this one line where he said something like someone said hi i'm agent johnson and you just saw bruce willis give him a look oh really (laughs) and i (laughs) laughed and i'm looking around like i don't think anyone gets us in the theater like
0: How come there's no diehard fans? Like, literally. That's a great moment when the, uh, because like you have this asshole head cop who comes in and screws everything up. But then when he turns, he goes, We're going to need two new FBI (laughs) guys. I guess we're going to need some new FBI agents. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) awesome. We're going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. So, John McTiernan did this first one and he also directed the third one. And everyone like loves the third one. I didn't like it at all. And I remember like being so excited to see it. What was the, remind me, the third third one one was in New York City. And it's him and Samuel Jackson running around defusing bombs. And it's uh, Hans's uh, brother. Right. Right? And I was like, what the hell? What is this movie? This isn't... (laughs) And I think what I was annoyed about was that Die Hard was about the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Right? And also someone like trapped in a building or an airport or a plane or, you know, whatever. All those variations of that. And New York City just running around like it it didn't make any sense. And after yeah. I saw the movie, I read somewhere that it was originally a script for uh, Lethal Weapon. It was supposed to be a Lethal Weapon. I was like, that makes sense. But Die Hard. Uh, and at the end of the movie, or I think in the beginning of the movie, he's not with his wife. With Holly, right? And like the whole... <sighs> right, right, right. But actually even now, what is it? Die 5, 6, whatever came out. Divorced, they don't even talk anymore. Yeah, it's see, like... You're that totally defeats right.
0: the purpose, right? <laughs> the whole... No, and it's something I'd never thought of, which is you're right. The first one, he's stuck in this building. The second one, he's stuck in an airport. And so you get that joke of like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But like I mean, maybe you could get away with a third, but you're right. well,
1: that... the third one they tried to tie in it was Hans's brother off of revenge. I'm like, and now he's back in New York City. Right so
0: I don't know. Well we were talking about it earlier which is that the coolest thing about this film I think for me when I was rewatching it was how much time the, the whole setup wasn't devoted to the terrorists that happened like this it yeah. was you know it completely was about his relationship with her yeah, about like... the complexity of it it was and and then how this ultimately brought them back together.
1: And that, you know and that... First one, to did that. The second one, also, she's up on the plane. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's trying to bring
0: her down. That's right.
1: Yeah, why you were, would you ruin that? Yeah. Was,
0: this is turning into a critique. No, but, uh, but
1: it's fun. But I think, yeah, maybe she... What's her name? Bonnie Bedelia wanted more money to be in it, or... <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> that's okay. He could refer to her. Yeah, he could.
1: He could, he could have... you know what's interesting is the first one, like, what you were saying about the setup is... That's, that's why I love... I don't know. I love the script. Because mm-hmm. there were so many plants, right, throughout it. And all these moments of... Of exposition and the way that it's like the opening they're on the you know we're just watching right now that he's on the plane and we find out that he's a cop from new york city like the first or second line right when he's talking to the dude next to him and like the whole thing with Argyle. Argyle makes fun of him saying oh you thought she was just gonna come running back to you right, right. Like,
0: why'd you come with her man what's up because i'm a new york cop i got a six-month backlog in New York scumbags I'm still trying to put behind bars. I can't just pick up and go that easy. In other words, you thought she wasn't going to make it out here, and she'd come crawling up back to you. So why bother to pack, right? <laughs> like I
2: said, you're very fast, Argonne. <laughs>
1: And Gennaro, like her last name is not
0: in the, you know, is not in the directory. No, it's tight. I was realizing that. It is. Like everything. You know what's crazy? I, My entire life, like every time I take a flight, I'm always like, take off your shoes.
2: <laughs> you want to know the secret to surviving air travel? After you get where you're going, take off your shoes and your socks. Then you walk around on the rug barefoot and make fists with your toes.
0: And I don't, Does like,. It work? I, you know, not really. Not, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd rather take a shower, go to sleep. But yeah. like, I, I would do that. That was always in my mind every time I'd get to the hotel room. And I forgot till I just watched it again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's for that's for this movie. That's what that's from. And yeah. then I'm like, I can't believe I've been thinking this my entire life for a <laughs> plot point. For a way for this guy to not have any shoes. I, Jesus, the entire exactly. movie.
1: <laughs> but it's great though. Again, it's like snuck in there, right? And then you realize, oh yeah, that's why he's barefoot the whole time. yeah, yeah. And the Rolex, right? That's another... Do you remember the Rolex? I, so Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, they, yeah. The, she's there for the Japanese company. That guy... Um, what's uh, Art Bauchner's... Uh, Ellis. She, Ellis. Ellis. Ellis, this, you know, who's doing coke on her desk or whatever. <laughs> I was just making a call. and This was
2: the, the nurse's phone.
1: But, when he yeah, he's bragging about the Rolex. And the Rolex is the final thing that Hans is holding on to on the roof, right? When he's falling off and he unclasped the Rolex. I (laughs) I never put that together. That's great. Uh, Let me ask you something. So, what did you think the end of the film, you have this great moment, Hans falls off, all that stuff, and then you have this main bad guy Coming back to life.
0: Yeah, how does that happen? <laughs> Is that weird? I have no idea. He's hanging uh, dead hanging. on the highest floor, and what somehow falls, or did they bring him down? No, he came down himself with a gun to take out <laughs> John McClane. <laughs> I mean, I. Th- I think that's that's my weakest part of the film. I agree, but it does allow Sergeant Powell his redemptive moment. I know. Which is funny because I kind of (laughs) like, I love that he was like this pacifist. He had this bad experience. And only in the 80s are they like, no, no, we got to give him redemption. He needs to shoot someone dead (laughs) at the end of the movie. He's got to draw his gun again.
1: (laughs) But it's it's great because it happens also the first, like that moment's beautiful. It's the first time they see each other, right? Like they've been talking all this time and they see each other. Mm -hmm. And then when the guy shows up, I think still when I watch it, I remember even the first time, like 15 watching it. And I did feel like, come on this is great like the music plays he comes out in slow motion out of the fog you know and, and then al shoots him and we don't even see i think we hear the gunshots right and then it's that big moment of seeing him and i don't know i i still when i watch it now i'll still watch when what's the guy's name carl right who The bad guy? I think it's Carl. When Carl gets... When he gets killed, when he's hanging, I'll still watch him pause and I go, yeah, he's not really dead. He doesn't look like he's his neck's broken and he's
0: hanging there that long. Well, I mean, clearly he's not, but I... Yeah. Well, I don't know. Everyone walks past him. He's just hanging there. But that's... Exactly. Everyone comes running by and he was still hanging
1: there. Oh, damn. That even makes it worse. But Um, I did... I do look at it going, oh, man, everything... I enjoy everything in the film. That's the one part of Mike. It's there just for his redemption.
0: Yeah. But it's which, still a great yeah, redemption. And yeah. like you want it for him and it's it's a happy moment. So I don't I forgive yeah. it very quickly. Okay. All right, that's fine. Um, <laughs> you know something else I noticed that I like cause you see I mean, this is this disaster film final ambulance people-kissing moment, which, like, is in every movie, and it's always almost handled horribly. Yeah. Um, like, I love that they get into the limo that's been waiting for them the whole time, and that the kiss is handled in, in the window as they're driving oh, away. Oh, that's great. You know, that's like,
1: classic. Yeah, yeah. And then it, wait, isn't Argyle? He's like, it's snowing because <laughs> all the paper is flowing coming down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Again, Christmas movie. Come on, <laughs> that is no, no. And I was thinking that Diary too. They do the same thing. They're kissing, and the explosion behind them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's again, right. it's about the. It's a romance, you know. My wife has watched it, but I remember once really pitching it hard as a romance. She goes, "Die Hard." I know what Die Hard is. I go, like, you don't know it the way it's supposed to be. It's a romance. Yeah, it is she, a romance. I yeah. totally agree. Well, you know what? Because I was thinking about that driving here, like, okay, why do I like Die Hard so much, right? But part of it is that that every man, right? Bruce Willis is like he could be any of us, even though I mean he's a cop, a New York City cop, but he's not like when you think about Rambo and Commando, right? You really think about Stallone and Schwarzenegger, a thousand bullets running by him, right? They don't get shot, they don't get hurt or anything. I mean, this guy's bleeding his feet. He's got shot, whatever. Like, he's injured. Right.
0: And he keeps having these heartfelt moments with with Sergeant Powell. And, yeah. Yeah, he's not... I, and in fact, I noticed they make fun of, which is what I wanted to... Like, you know, he's this, obviously, this man who's... But I like that you point that out because the this, this Superman with the... You know, oh they they come in and the, the guy Germans. gets pricked by the uh, rose. Yeah, and he's like... Do you remember what he says? He's like, ow, oh, that hurts. Or it's like... Wait, who said that? One of the... One of the special forces or SWAT guys. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I do. That. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> moving in. Um, And they kind of, they're just all made to be, like, this tough group of guys who are just fools at the yeah. end of the day. So, yeah. yet, you know, having this hyper-masculine guy be the... But, but you know, what? when you think about, like, just the opening,
1: I think it's, like, the opening shot is he's scared to fly. You know, like you see him like, right. I think yeah, that's the same. you see his hand gripping the armrest and he's scared. And then we find out he's a cop, but that's why I think it works so well when he does that whole, you know, when he's in the uh, thingy. What's it called? <laughs>
0: you know what it's called? Oh, the, uh, the, the air duct.
1: Well, yeah, the, the classic line in the air duct about like, oh, just the wrong place or whatever, wrong guy Come at the wrong time. Come to
0: California.
1: Oh, you know, yeah. To... Have a few laughs. <laughs>, laughs. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Oh, I don't want to... TV dinner feels like. Did you? So let me wait. When you watched Die Hard, do you remember? Were you a Moonlighting fan then? I was a
0: Moonlighting fan. Okay. Moonlighting came first. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember how I felt about. You know, it worked though. I I, I do remember. I don't think I had any problem transferring into him as that oh. character.
1: Because I didn't I didn't watch Moonlighting, so I didn't know him. You know, I just I was like Bruce. I had no idea who he was at all when I saw him, but. I think I remember talking to people and like especially adults at that time. They all loved him so much for moonlighting. So it was like the similar character, right?
0: Yeah, kind yeah. Of, he yeah. was like a like the private eye, slick talking, and yeah, you know, yeah.
1: That's something that uh, I don't know. I think it's the Bruce. Will- like whenever I think about Bruce Willis, I always think about him like in Die Hard. So when you see him now, I you know I saw what Death Wish or I saw these other films with him where he's just like too masculine. Like he was in Expendables. And he's too much of a tough guy. And I'm like, that's not the, that's not John McClane. That's not the Bruce Willis. You know, like, Live Free or Die Hard is like the fourth one. And he is,
0: he's too much of a badass in that. Well, yeah, like, I I feel like there was an episode in The Office about this. You know what, here's the thing about Die Hard 4. Die Hard 1, the original, John McClane, is just this normal guy,
1: you know? He's just a normal New York City cop who gets his feet cut and gets beat up. But he's an everyday guy. In Die Hard 4, he is jumping a motorcycle into a helicopter <laughs> in the air. You know? He's invincible. It just sort of lost what Die Hard was. It's not Terminator.
0: That's kind of... I mean, I don't want to start sounding like an old fuddy-duddy, but it's like, isn't that where all these shows movies are going? Like, yeah. that whole romance, that whole thing that connected me to it, that brought, like, humor and life to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, so I just saw John Wick 3. Yeah. And, like... I mean, yeah, look, it is an amazing act of choreography. choreography, I have never seen anything like that before. But, like, there's. I love dogs. I don't want to watch a man serial murder thousands of people. (laughs) Well, the first one, though. Did you like the first one? Honestly, like, again, I I think. The choreography was. Yeah, because. I might have liked this third one even more than the first one. Really? Yeah, because I didn't love the first one. So, like, the third one... See, I enjoy... I
1: mean, I love dogs, but the first one, because it was a dog, but it was the the dead wife. You know, again, like, that's kind of what we connected to. But then it just went, like, you know, went into that world of assassins and... I didn't really, the second one, I can't even remember. And the third one, when the third one ended, I gotta be honest, I was like, are you kidding me? There's gonna be another one. Like, <laughs> he, he just bounced off the floor from like 10 stories <laughs> up. Like, oh. Uh. So, yeah, you're like, you know, that's kind of like that superhuman, you know, you're talking about. Yeah. That John McClane wasn't. I think that's what you need in these films for us to connect to, right? Like, to emotionally connect to him. So, I was gonna ask you something about. Bruce Block's class. We took visual expression with Bruce Block. Yes, we did. He spoke in that class about Die Hard. And when he was talking about just visual expression and contrast and affinity, and I remember at first I went, this is nonsense, like directors don't do all this, come on. And then he proved it, right, when he'd show us clips and everything. And then he talked about Die Hard, and that's like when I really paid attention. <laughs> and He talked about Jan de Bon, the cinematographer, and about how... He had red, white, and blue in almost every image. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah, it was really interesting. Just that whole patriotic Americans versus the Germans, you know? And and it was all about appealing to the subconscious, you know? Because I didn't notice that, but of course we probably feel that way, right? Which is what that whole class was about. Yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing. I mean, I talk about that when I discuss visual expression with my students. And then we'll go back. I mean, when I watch it, I'll just look for it. And I go, yeah. There's a little red, white, and blue, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How do you know if it subconsciously affected you or not? But the fact that a DP like actually thought about doing that—that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was. I don't mean. know. Um, didn't he, I, I'm trying to remember? Didn't wasn't there also something about like the structure versus chaos of it? Like the when the building was structured versus like towards the end, everything is a little more Dutch angled. I, I didn't was, even think he, about that. But.
1: Well, you talk about that, but also much more handheld. Like, there's right, much right, more right. handheld moving shots. And it's funny, in this commentary, he was talking about how traditionally we always have moving shots and we have to wait till the shot stops moving, then cut, right? Or static to static shots moving to moving shots. And he said, you know, that's crazy. We don't have to do that. So I just cut whenever I want. And it's mainly he cuts because he wants it to be dynamic and, you know, mm-hmm. crazy. And I could see that happening, like you said, more towards the end.
0: Or mm-hmm. just, I mean,
1: any action scene, Right. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of handheld stuff at the end of the film.
0: Die Hard, I think, it felt very... I mean, it's an incredibly tight, incredibly structured movie. Yeah. Like you were saying, like, every... Especially in the opening. Like, after a while, like, I don't know, there's so much action that I start to... No, It never loses its sense of humor. It never loses yeah. every one little thing. Like, there's not a wasted moment in yeah. that movie. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's exactly what I would think. And that's when I, yeah, when I think about all the scenes, like when we talk to our students and we say, you know, what's the job of the scene? What's the function of the scene? And, right, and some scenes are repetitive, so they get rid of them, either in writing it or in post. I don't, in dire Hard, and I haven't seen in the DVD, like, the deleted scenes. I'm curious. Right. Because it is so tight, right? Like, everything has to be in there. You know, you were talking before about with masculinity. What about, like, the whole cowboy theme in the film, like how they always talk about cowboys. yippee ki yeah, Well, that's the big one. But uh, from the beginning he's, when he's, he's like, Roy. Roy,
2: right? You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon.
1: I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequins
0: shirts. Well, that also goes with what you were saying with kind of the America versus the yeah. European thing, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When when Hans, when he starts giving his
1: demands, right, what he wants, and it's all the fake demands, it's all about, like, international terrorists being released. Right, like every, right. There's There's no... I don't think there's any, like, you know, white supremacist or anyone in America. It's all, like... He said something about like Sri Lanka or Iran. I don't know what, you know, like, everywhere else. So again it, it, it does go back to that America and then with the guy talking about Saigon and stuff, right? It's not right. America. Right. And, and even at the end, like that last he says this line then about when he's got the gun strapped to his back, right, taped to his back, and he says this thing about, Oh, you think you're John Wayne going off in the sunset with Grace Kelly? Right. And he says that was that's Gary Cooper.
2: Still, the cowboy, Mister McLean, Americans all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace
1: Kelly. It Gary Cooper, asshole. But that's like from uh, High Noon, and right. I remember thinking, you know, again, I was like, oh, that's High Noon. That's one guy standing, you know, facing down all the villains, right? All the bad guys. All so, right, so I th- yeah, I think it just goes back to that cowboy theme about, you know,
0: well, so that's it's interesting. Black and white, right? Like, look at, look at a. Uh... I mean, yes, he's European, but, like, he's German. I mean, if I think about old Westerns and kind of, like, the German with, like, that facial hair and the... Like, is do you feel like Hans Gruber is... Like, this is in any way a Western? Hans Gruber is, like... You know, like, stealing from...
1: I think at the end when he's got the... He's got Holly with him, right? Like, you see that classic... It's Showdown, a bank right? robbery. He's got yeah. bearer bonds.
2: I am interested in the six hundred and forty million dollars in negotiable bearer bonds that you have locked in your
1: vault.
0: Like yeah, that yeah. is it very is like bird. Western, and
1: I mean, he when John McClane takes him out and. Al takes out Carl. Like the same, it looked like, you know, a fast draw. I think it... Absolutely. They didn't show it, but that's what has to be what happens, right? And it's a revolver. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Six shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the Western theme. There's the... I mean, I, I do think it goes back to this America all about patriotism, you know, with the red, white, and blue, and...
0: I mean, it's about a New Yorker who went out West and out got out, in a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Well, that's interesting. I me think about that. <laughs> they bring in gunships. <laughs> <Like what? laughs> but they say that just, they're
1: like predictable. It's the FBI. <laughs> and like, they know that. We're going to send them, we're going to wire C4 on the roof and send the hostages there, you know, like, I think that's why, like when we talk about how tight it is, it's when we watch films now and I always I watch it and I go, Yeah, that was fun to see. But then when we start analyzing it, it's like, what the hell was your plan? Like that was, I don't right. understand what they were doing there. I feel like Dyer, like, they had a plan. Like, I thought Hans, he knew every step of the way, like, what was going to happen, right? Like, cut the power and the locks open, right? Like, I think that was brilliant. And that's, and that was also
0: Alan Rickman's first movie, which is insane. Right. I mean, I almost wonder now, like, now the movie would be about Hans Gruber and his group. Oh, my God. Stealing the money and getting away with it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's gone too far. (laughs) I could see that movie. <laughs> That's Because <awesome. laughs> right. right. it was. He was very uh, Ocean's Eleven about the whole thing. He his was, but thing. it
1: was also, what was interesting was, like Ocean's Eleven, it was all in his head. Like, he didn't share that with anyone. Right. Like, right. you remember the other, uh, his henchman, the computer expert, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't know. He was like, I can't get through this lock. <laughs> and he's like, you ask for a miracle, I give you the FBI. <laughs> you ask for miracles, dear. I give you the FBI. Right. It's like you didn't think to share that information at all. <laughs> yeah. So these guys just blindly followed him, right? Right,
0: right. That's that's a good leader. Yeah. A... I mean, what a I mean, I just think about the his first real interaction after walking in and threatening people with guns is he he starts talking about the the suit. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. It's like in, apparently Arafat also, you know, gets his suit made at the yeah. same place in London and then he shoots the guy. Yeah. Well, again, which is it just wasn't, you're not
1: like the classic James Bond villain, you know? It was like a different type of a bad guy. Right. It's just like how we were, you know, you were saying like, it's a different kind of hero. It's not Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And in those movies, you had the same bad guys, right? Right. I mean, I can't even remember them. They're all the same. This is the same type of thing, I think. Like, it's...
0: Though so You did have the Carl. There's always oh, a Carl in be the every movie, kick, right? There's yeah, right. Be who has kick. the final? The he's the really scary one to fight with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the girl, yeah. I'm thinking of Commando, and there's like that knife fight. Oh yeah, yeah, that's and right. The... Uh, even
1: with Carl, though, like that whole thing about he's not just like the main henchman. He hates him because this guy killed his brother. Like that was a big moment, right? When he was right. kills a brother, he puts the ho 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 whatever, and then that was a good moment also.
0: Yeah, it's, it turned Carl into this.
1: Yeah, so then he hated the guy. Like, he didn't care about Hans anymore. He just
0: wanted to kill him. There's that great moment when Holly realizes that John is still alive because Carl goes insane. <laughs> he starts throwing something. Like, he's still, he's, still he's still alive.
1: Only one man can make someone that angry. Or something, right? <laughs> like, yeah. He's still
2: alive. What? Only John can drive somebody that crazy.
0: So what, I mean, because when I think about Die Hard, it it was kind of that first, like, I mean, all right, that's not true. There's always, like, disaster movies, like, in an airplane. But when I, I guess in my memory, like, the terrorist movie in a building, it was, like, when the building blew up, I will say, part of me, like, I forgot that part where they blew up that floor. Oh, yeah. Um And now, you know, since nine eleven, I saw, I was, and I guess I've seen it since, but I don't know if I've watched the whole movie through, but when that happened, I definitely, I was like, Cringed. oh, my God, yeah, yeah, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Um, But, all right, so you see that, I mean, I think of, like, Die Hard on a Battleship with Steven Seagal. There was, like, what are the other movies that kind of Die Hard, that came off of that?
1: Die Hard on a Bus is pretty much Speed, Speed, right? yeah. yeah. Jan
0: DeBont, who was the DP for that.
1: (laughs) I know that he did, uh, him and McTiernan did uh, Hunt for October also. Right. Great movie. Die Hard on a Plane was, like, Executive Decision. Executive Decision. Or Air Force One. Air Force One. (laughs) Yes. Dired in the White where the House. Was <laughs> Can suddenly... you say that? Dired in the White House is kind of like yeah. White House Down, or what's the other one? Olympus has fallen. Olympus has fallen. Yeah, Honestly, I think it's any time someone is just trapped somewhere where terrorists attack. That's a diehard, but it's one location, right? Which again is my right. problem with Diehard three and four and five and six, whatever. But uh, yeah, Diehard two in an airport. Home alone. It's totally. <laughs> there it is.
0: Die Hard is basically a remake of Home Alone <laughs> if you think about it that's what it is I love uh, uh oh shoot what's the one on the ship Under Siege under, I love Under Siege but that is such like that is the exact Die Hard on a
1: a boat totally because it's not only just he's the cook but he's, like, a cook who's, like, a Navy SEAL. Like, I don't even know why. I can't remember the story, but why is he a cook? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. He's not even, like, undercover. <laughs> like, at least Speed, when they say die on a bus, it's not really because there's a whole other thing going on in that film, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But just the fact that you're trapped in one location, that's kind of the phrase die hard on whatever. Yeah, and I, I mean, that. but
0: that speaks to this movie, which, Yeah. you know everything became Die Hard on him.
1: So that's interesting. Like, when you think about John McTiernan, I, I told you, I, I talk about him with my students. They have no clue who he is. I started explaining it, just with Die Hard and Hunford, October and Predator. And then I stopped, because you remember like, was that, 10 years ago or five years ago? He got arrested, he went to jail. Was this whole big thing he went to jail for wiretapping an agent no. and
0: yeah it was, uh, he wiretapped an agent
1: he wiretapped someone i don't know if it was i an mean agent that's or producer you. yeah you shouldn't do that <laughs> yeah, <it's> but
0: <laughs> like i could totally understand why he you'd did want to wiretap he an was agent. part of some huge
1: case and he went to jail but before that though i mean he after these huge movies the 80s early 90s and then he did this film called rollerball which was a remake the re oh the remake was awful. awful but then i don't think he's done a film in 10 15 years so, I don't know. I still talk about him like, oh, this guy's a great
0: director, but I don't know what he's doing now. So I feel like wiretapping an agent though. That's not bad enough to not talk about him in a class. That almost gives him oh, yeah. a, that's character. Oh, man. I me, never okay. thought of it as a Christmas movie until someone said it and then it's like it's it's obviously a Christmas movie. But even what you said that Bruce Willis says it's not? Yeah, I there, I saw oh, yeah. some like YouTube thing where he said, "No, of course it's not."
1: now please listen very carefully die hard is not a christmas movie it's a goddamn bruce willis movie so yippie-ki-yay to all of you
0: motherfuckers good night but like i think even the director has said i think i think he has because
1: really? well, i mean i i know it was a summer movie right but what is it? AMC or FX or whatever channel that's always on during Christmas now? Right. Always just on repeat. I
0: mean, it's not a Christmas story. Yeah. but
1: Yeah. It's definitely. But that's. But when you think about, it, you said it. It's about a guy trying to reconnect with his wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Traveling across the country like that's like all these holiday movies like planes, trains, and automobiles. You know, it's like it's always like a almost like a right. road trip film, but all in one building. <laughs>
0: and a guy who like honestly is not. He doesn't come across, I forgot this, as, like, a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, his kids, like? he's like, I don't know if I'll even see my kids. <laughs> yeah, he's not even, she's like, our kids would love to see you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I'm in <being> Pomona. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, what that in that scene when he's talking with her, there's a moment when, like, her assistant comes running in, and then she's like, oh, sorry, and she looks at him, I don't know if you remember this, and he just goes... He gives her a look. Again, What's because he's kind of a dick. Like, yeah, right. Like, all the time, right? <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to ask you a question. Define the
0: three-act structure for Die Hard. You're putting me on the side. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, so I was thinking about it. Didn't... I mean, so, all right, so it, it basically, the second they walk out of the elevator and shoot up, we're in the second act,
1: right? No. For me, the end of the first act is right when... He runs. Like, they take his wife hostage, and he's free. I mean, he's running with the gun and barefoot. I guess what
0: I'm saying is, like, that's the end of it. That's... That's the end of first act. Yeah. Like, when they've taken... They come out, they take it... Done. done. Yes, yeah. Um, Conflict is locked. So... Inciting incident? Oh, the inciting incident is... Who comes in first? I don't even... Oh, God. I got to go back and remember. It's interesting, because... Because usually,
1: I would think the inciting incident, right, it's when introduction of the main conflict so i think it's when the bad guys arrive but that doesn't affect the main character yet oh that's interesting you know so like when we see hans walking into the building or showing up in the truck or whatever it is because otherwise it's just a regular you know a guy coming to see his wife at christmas party so it almost no <laughs> first, no, no, because no, uh, no, no, part of what I was thinking, I didn't look at the two hours, the movies over two hours, but I thought at first the inciting incident would be was when that happened, when the terrorists take over the building. And that's the main conflict, right? Introduction to the main conflict is there.
0: And Unless then, you're saying like the relationship's the main conflict?
1: No, no. When the terrorists, when, when Hans comes out of the elevator, machine guns go off, John McClane runs. They now have the building beginning is of that, the second act. I feel like that's too far into the movie to be
0: the point of attack. That should be the inside, I Oh, I don't... Yeah, I don't think that's the inciting incident. Yeah, I, so, yeah, I so would... that should be... So wait, what happens before? How do they infiltrate exactly? You just
1: see them... They show up slow, like, you know, the truck comes in, goes under underground. They just walk through the front doors.
2: So Kareem rebounds, right? Feeds worthy but on I the break. I think it's like, he
1: shoots, he scores, he, they kill Magic, a couple of the lobby right. attendants.
0: Boom! Two points. We're in. Well, that's, what, that's interesting, because that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like, they're not really part of the story until they're part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, unless we say the inciting incident, nobody did anything stupid earlier. Nobody, like, let them in. Nobody. It's yeah. the 80s, so it's kind of like, just just type in your name and go up to the well, I think he floor had, you need.
1: But it's also supposed to be, like, Christmas,
0: so it's dead. Like, there's no one around, right? Like, it was abandoned when they walked in. Right. So, is the inciting incident the second he shoots the guard and then they just basically go and take out? To me, that's... You're right. That's the same thing. What is the inciting... Well, I, I never I, even thought about just that. Just because,
1: you know, when we think inciting is, like, the moment the conflict's introduced. Right. So, to me, that is that moment, right? When these bad guys show up. But it's too far... Like, if you look at the timeline of the film, isn't it within 20 minutes when... Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it's supposed to
1: be, but. Yeah, but, but that's have why, that's why I, like, the way I always learned it, right? Like, you know, the point of attack, right? And setting incident being when that conflict's introduced. So at that moment, when they show up, just bear with me. If that's the moment they show up and Bruce Willis has a gun and he runs, is that the introduction of the conflict when they took over the building? And then is the end of fact one, of the conflict locked when when what when's the conflict like you know because he could just call the cops right like the police don't listen to him so does know, is he, that is is he the, the
0: initiator of the conflict in a way yeah well you, oh, hold on I gotcha alright no 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 okay. no I like this so they enter the building inciting incident um, that's part of the story mm-hmm. the moment Hans Gruber shoots and kills Takagi Mister yeah.
2: Chairman I'm telling you you're just gonna have to kill me
0: Okay. The second he does that's that... the conflict I up? think that, yeah, because Bruce Willis witnesses it. It changes everything. Now his wife is in mortal threat. Now they all are. And I think if that... Oh, and then they've heard him, so now they, like, they hear, and so that now they go after him. They're going him. after him also. Yeah. I could see... that's the thing, I could... And that's when he decides to take action, and then he calls the police. Yeah. Which then brings the police, and probably... Well, that's when the police
1: don't listen to him, whatever's going on. So, yeah, that's why, to me, I could see that being the end of Act 1. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when he shoots the first terrorist. He kills her. You know, the end of... Because the conflict is locked now. He's got no choice. He's trapped in this building, and he's got to save his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so... how that's how I look at the end of Act 1, like that adventure begins or whatever, right?
0: So, starting with him throwing the... Like, just killing the... Carl's brother. Carl's like that, brother.
1: Yeah, brother. that... that, that and it's interesting because when we talk oh, about so no, when we talk about how well structured everything is, but it wasn't like Star Wars, like boom, inciting incident, and end the fact one, you know, like I really I was right. That's why I asked you because I was like I don't. Really I thought sure. you were going to ask
0: me about the third act that I was like oh boy here well, we then, go.
1: But then yeah, when you go to like what's the end of the second act then like when do we go into the third act?
0: I mean to me the third act was always just Carl jumping up again like I feel like it has the shortest third act <laughs> no <laughs> like
1: cuz i no, mean no no come on wait wait cuz the climax is Hans right like when the shootout and yeah. Hans falling out the window right but the end of act 2 is that moment when i i thought it was going to be when he's pulling the glass out of his feet and the FBI agents show up and he's got having he's basically saying goodbye to He talks to Al and says, hey, tell my wife I love her and everything.
2: Tell her that that she is the best thing that ever happened to a bum like me. She's heard me saying I love you a thousand times. She never heard me say I'm sorry.
1: That's a pretty low point. But then he goes out there and there's the, the roof and, you know, he jumps off the roof, the explosion. Jumps off the roof, slams Hits the wall, gets dragged down, like crazy scene. Shoots him. They shoots the glass.
0: Falls into where? Back into the that happens to be the floor he needs. Something there's like a lake inside there. Remember right. that? <laughs> yeah. Goes to the vault. Shoots the one guy. Has the two bullets. The, the gun That's behind the best his back. of us. Shoots him. Shoots Hans. <laughs> Hans falls. Shoots off. the one guy and then he blows it. Right? He goes happy trails. Hans, happy trails, Hans. So, yeah, where, I mean, I see where there's, like, a down moment when he calls, but, like, where is that, where is the end of Act 2?
1: That's why I think the end of Act 2 is after Hans gets away, right? That's when he he has Hans with him. Mm -hmm. And they shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. And he's pulling glass, like, he's a mess. Like, the guy, I don't know if he got shot, he got beat up, but he's got bleeding feet. And he tells Al to tell my wife I love her. Yeah, definitely. And that's, he can't he can't say Holly, my wife who's here, because Hans still doesn't know, right? Remember? Hans thinks right. that he was a guest of uh Ellis. Yeah, that's where I think the End of Act 2 is, but it's it's not such a low, low point. Like, you know, like
0: Yeah, but thinking about it, it is low. Yeah. And and not to say this about the movie, I do remember thinking when I watched it, like, God, he seems awfully down. Like yeah. he survived all like <laughs> I don't know. This is the first, like, it's just suddenly in that moment. Yeah. But it's also, that's the
1: moment we find out about Al, that right. Al shot the kid. Like, that's when he reveals all that information. So that's depressing on both ends, right? <laughs> like, it's got to be a low
0: point. Is there anything on the web that says, like, this is the act structure for... <laughs> oh, let me
1: pull it
0: up. I'm curious. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll re-record this with our <laughs> Exactly. Knowledge. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> As an expert in the field, Nick. <laughs> I know, seriously. What do you got, Christian?
1: Uh, according to screenplayhowto.com, it's easy to interpret the first plot point as the takeover of Nakatomi Plaza.
0: Yeah, we got that. But that's
1: actually in the middle beat of Act 1.
0: They're saying that's the middle beat of Act 1.
1: Yeah, the true first plot point is oh, the murder of the president. Is what? The murder of the president. Okay,
0: but That's funny. That's exactly what we just did. Was what? I first was like, when they come in, I'm like, no, 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 when they assassinate yeah, yeah. the guy. Yeah. What, what's the end of Act 2?
1: End of Act 2 is uh, exactly what you were saying The um, when he's talking about, nice. he's in the bathroom okay. talking about, yeah. Yeah, then they have their, I mean, literally has that resolution. I think their resolution is Carl and, you know, right. Al's redemption.
0: And, oh, and this is the Bruce Block thing, which is that you kind of know the climax is that visually it's the most interesting thing it yeah. built to that and that's why Carl shooting despite my joking about it earlier isn't really yeah. because it's a very simple final plot point
1: because that, that classic shot Hans falling off the roof right looking up or holding her watch and everything I mean that's insane yeah, that yeah close yeah. up and the slow motion and then I remember cutting to the wide shot and we see him falling down and then uh, what's his name <laughs> it's like hope that's not a hostage <laughs> oh, I hope that's not a hostage <laughs> even in such a such a dramatic moment. That guy just has to say anything. Because of Breakfast Club. And we'd laugh. And you know what? When we think about bad guys, because we talk about Hans being a great bad guy, but you have Paul Gleason and you have the other guy, Willie Atherton. He's the guy who's the newscaster. We didn't even talk about him. He's from Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, he's
0: always the bad yeah. guy.
1: So he, again, like... That's amazing that they have these character actors like that.
0: And like, oh. I, I, so I'm watching it and I'm just like, God, they're tying everything up. And oh. as they're leaving, I'm like, yeah, oh, that reporter. I, I guess they don't tie him up. And then Holly punches him she in the punches face. punches him. It's awesome. Now that it's all over after this incredible ordeal, what are your feelings?
1: And like, you know what? We're just talking about how, you know, Hans doesn't know Holly's his wife, right? Mm-hmm. But he finds out when that news show is playing. The guy's interviewing the kids, right? And then we see Holly watching it, and that's what he knows.
2: You know, your mom and dad are very important people. They're very brave people. So is there something you'd like to say to them if they're watching? Come uh, oh. home. Mrs. McLean, I'm nice to make your acquaintance.
0: After threatening the oh, house sitter with immigration oh, services.
2: You let me in right now or I call the INS. Comprende?
0: Oh my God, that's
1: right. Of course you're going to hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the second one also. It's classic. He happens to be on the plane with her that's in the second one. right. And he reports... <laughs> she, she tases him, right?
0: <laughs> the thing. I, Richard Thornburg, just happened to be here to put his life and talent on the line for humanity and country and if this should be my final broadcast tonight.
2: amen to that
1: dick so this one scene that i show from Die Hard to my students is always during my point of view lecture and it's a scene when he runs into hans close to the roof and hans pretends he's the hostage
2: please god no you're one of them aren't you you're one of them
1: and we talk about point of view that when the whole film, we're identifying with Bruce Willis, but of course we see Hans's side of things as well. But when we have the two of them there, you actually are with Hans. Most of the time you're with Hans and you're going, oh my God, don't give him a gun. John, don't do, you know, like, and then it switches when he says, you know, what's your name? And he's like, Bill, Bill Clay. Clay. Bill Clay. And then it cuts the... John McClane looking at this this roster, right? And seeing Clay. Seeing the name. So we talk about how directors do that shift the point of view back and forth, but it's great because he totally has me. And then at the end, there's no bullets in the gun. You're like, wait, when did he know? Because it looked like he put the bullets in the gun when he gave it to him.
0: Oops. No bullets. I think I'm fucking stupid, Hans? Yeah, so when did he know? I was thinking that. I was going to ask you.
1: I think he doesn't know... But he just doesn't trust them, so he doesn't put bullets in the gun. Yeah. Because if he knows, he wouldn't go through the whole charade. Just be like, Hans, bam. (laughs) Get my wife. (laughs) You know? But that's also, yeah, that that's a that's a great scene. And beautiful shots and Dutch angles and everything. You know, like it's a good scene to show the class because again, it's not just action. There's more character development and things like that.
0: Yeah. There's so much of this movie that's not action. Yeah. That's character development. Like, I, I feel so connected to the characters. Um, you really care about Holly. You care they get back together. Yeah. I even cared about Ellis. Hey, John boy. Like, he's making those mistakes. You're you are like, do. no.
1: <laughs> idiot. And especially, dude, that scene when Ellis is like, John... John? And then John's like, Ellis, don't do this. Please don't do this. Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Ellis. These people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me.
2: <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh?
1: John. And you know he's Like, they don't show him getting killed, right? We hear it, but we see it through Bruce Willis's, right? We mm-hmm. see it through his face. And then I think we see his body come out, right? I'm like, oh, man, I like you, Ellis. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's It's true. Like, the character development, because even with Holly, they show her being, from the beginning, we know she's a top person there, Mm -hmm. right? They all respect her in the Rolex and the corner office. They show her being a leader with the hostages, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we have a pregnant lady and we need to do bathroom shifts. Like, she's speaking up. It's kind of interesting also watching it as a New Yorker. And not knowing any, like you know, it's different when you watch it when Absolutely. you come out here. Very different, like because you see that when he when he arrives at the at the airport and some girl runs by and jumps in the guy's arms and he's like, Ugh. <laughs> California, California, California. Yeah.
0: California. <laughs> you know. I mean, so we grew up not that far from each other. I mean, yeah. I'm New Jersey, and we moved out here at the same time. Yeah. Did you have this image of California Like, has that gone away? Like, even looking at this movie, because there was... That couple was totally California. Another yeah. point he's walking in and someone's like, chill, dude.
2: Hey, Merry Christmas. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Fucking California. Like, it's like this constant I, making fun of California thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was the 80s look at California, right? Like, I think now being out here, I'm used to it, but I do feel like whenever I go back to New York... And when I fly back, I'm like, yeah, I'm back in L.A. I can tell. You came in that airport and you're like, this is L.A. (laughs) You look
0: around, right? I feel exactly. So I'm here. I don't see anything. Yeah. I go somewhere. I'm in New York. Everyone's wearing black. I come back here. I go to a cafe and I'm like, she looks like she's straight out of the 40s. He looks like Duran Duran. (laughs) Exactly. Like everybody.
1: (laughs) Exactly. No, but I I do think the New York, L.A., you can't get any op- more opposite than that, right? In this country, it seems like. Well, I mean, I guess you can. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> what am I talking about? They are pretty good. Yeah. But,
0: like, yeah, like you can't get farther apart. Yeah,
1: really. But a New York cop coming to L.A. And then what, what's great is, like, I mean, that scene with Argyle when he was like, you thought she was going to come running back to you. Ah, he's laughing at her. And you
0: can see his face. We know that's true, Right. Right. So when you teach this, what do you think is like the thing that the class takes away or that you'd want them to take away the most from watching this movie? Emotional connection to the characters.
1: Because mm. if I didn't care about him trying to save his wife, it was just the guy running around a building, you know, and if we didn't care about that, it wouldn't matter. I think that, and same, like you said with Hans, like Hans is not just a typical bad guy. We actually kind of like him you know i like his style i like his delivery his speeches and everything
0: i i even like when he uh, when he starts cowering and pretending to be the other person oh, it's great yeah
1: because then you like you I almost, like, <laughs> respect him like wow he's good with that american accent yeah, but right. then he's also like when, when holly comes and talks to him about oh let's get the uh, bathroom breaks and stuff like that
2: we have a pregnant woman out there relax she's not due for a couple of weeks but sitting on that rock isn't doing her back any good So I would like permission to move her to one of the offices where there's a sofa. No, but I'll have a sofa brought out to you. Good enough? Good enough. And unless you like it messy, I'd start bringing us in groups to the bathroom. Yes, you're right.
1: It will be done. He's not such a jerk, you know? Because Ellis Ellis is such a smart aleck, a coke addict. You know, it's okay for him to get shot, right? But when that moment when you realize that his whole plan was to send all the hostages on the roof and blow up the roof. Then you go, oh, what a jerk. (laughs) This this guy's bad.
2: When they touch down, we'll blow the roof. They'll spend a month sifting through the rubble. And by the time they figure out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%.
1: I do think that for the first time, I think that's when I was like, oh, wow, okay, he really is well, evil. And
0: we we got to give it to Alan Rickman because he oh, did geez. really make that evil cat, Like, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. I mean, that character is hilarious. Yeah. This character is... Br- I forgot he was in it. And then the second I was like, oh, yeah, Alan Rickman. Like, yeah. that's another reason this movie is so good. Rickman's great. And then he goes on to be Snape. Like, it's brilliant. It
1: is funny when I... If I mention Dyer in class and they don't know it, and I say, it's Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman. And I say, Snape, and they get it. They know yeah. Snape, right? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, course. come on. Guys. <laughs> we were talking before like right, character, like connection, emotional connection to characters. Seeing Bruce Willis in the beginning, scared to fly, mm-hmm. right, with a wedding ring. I think, it, yeah, it's his left hand wedding ring, you know, with a gun. Like, you start to discover all these things about him. And then the limo, when, when the guy shows up yes. and he says, hey, I don't That's know what to do the first time driving limo, oh, okay. oh for some like riding, some run. riding and one, and then he sits in the front seat. You know, so you like him. Like, you connect right away, Absolutely. and that's like a New Yorker.
0: Leaving think, the teddy bear in the backseat the, back, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Which I think, you're totally right, and I think that teddy bear then connects you almost with Argyle in a way, because he's always this guy with a teddy bear. Yeah. Like, every single character you like, you're connected to. You even like the villains.
1: Yeah, and Argyle's there the whole time. We come back, he's the one. In a way, we're almost like... Discovering what's going on through him because I think he's in the limo looking at the news and discovering this and then he's trapped. Right. So we're concerned of the wife and the hostages, but we're concerned for Argyle also. You
0: know? Absolutely, the whole <laughs> like, time. Just... And in the end he just goes and <laughs> knocks the guy out. Um I love that moment too, because he's this great foil for when you know Bruce Willis is up oh, there no. like, Argyle, please please Do tell you me you heard he the gunshots. You're calling the cops the now. You're calling right the cops. Now. You're cutting Argyles like in his own little world. <laughs> He's talking to his girl, right? <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: just... Yeah, and that's, that's it's structured well to show how crazy isolated he is. He's in a building in the middle of the city of LA, and no one knows, you know, like what's going on with these terrorists. Cell phones exist. Different story, right? Right, right. There's Couldn't
0: a... have this movie. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Argyle had a cell phone in the limo. He had a yeah. He had a car, had a car phone, phone, but he didn't know anything was going on.
1: Oh yeah, so that's right. Once once they knew, it was too late. Everything went right. out right. Everything went in public. Yeah, that's an interesting thing with the media then, right? When we see that Willie Atherton's character, because he hears the radio, right. right? The police band, right? That's how that's how he finds out. So that's also another like slimy bad character, right? The media.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I'm curious about that, why they made fun of the media as well. But
0: it's true. The media did get made fun of.
1: Yeah, and the media was responsible for Holly being found out, right? John's wife. This guy is almost this evil character. And they definitely do that in Diary, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he creates crazy panic, right? When he's, you know, just doing what the media should do, report the news. The people
2: have a right to know everything about everybody.
1: But you're right. Like, when he says, let me call INS... That's a big moment. I mean, that's also, again, why we hate this guy so much and why we're vindicated, right, when she decks him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, watching this movie again, it brought me back to the 80s. It reminded me both of, you know, the good, but then those little things that get by, and you're like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't think like that anymore. Yeah. So did you see the the last Die Hard movie? I did see the last Die Hard movie. In Russia? Yeah. It was with his son, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know I
1: read that there is a prequel coming out. To Die Hard, which what what upsets me about this, and mm. again, look, I don't know much about it, but John McClane is the everyman hero that was a cop, but was never in a situation like this until now and proved himself. So if they're going to do a prequel and show that he was a badass hero in the, you know, when he was in his 20s, that makes
0: no sense. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <sighs> You're totally right. That, that would not make sense.
1: me. And I know it's just a, it's a money ploy, right? Like, I, I get it. It's Hollywood, but still. Because <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to want to see it. And I don't know. <laughs>
0: and you'll see it and you'll be disappointed yeah. by it.
1: Yeah. You know, so Dyer, like, this movie was based on a book that was like the 70s. And uh, you got to look this up, Christian. Something about like Frank Sinatra was offered this role way back but it must have been such a different movie.
0: What, for Die Hard? Yeah,
1: it was whatever book it was based on, and it was supposed to be made into a movie with Frank Sinatra, and I was like, what the hell is this? How would he... Probably 70s or something. Was it 70s? Yeah, and he was not going to get his feet wet. 79. 79? It's called Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Thorpe. I think i got to read the book just to see how different... There's no way. Because I am curious about... Like, we talk about how tight this screenplay is. Who wrote the script first? Like, Jeb Stewart, I think, is listed. Mm Mm-hmm. And was it a draft of his? A couple of drafts? that they write together? I can't remember which end it was in the credits. Um, you guys are talking about Bruce Willis being like the everyman. The role was originally offered to Schwarzenegger and Stallone before Willis. Wow,
0: that would have been a very different movie. That's crazy. Yeah, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger just a cop from New just a York. regular cop was huge. <laughs> I am a New York police officer. <laughs>
1: I think that was wait was that the, that must have been on at the same time Red Heat, that's like a way to explain his accent. He's a Russian cop with James Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> so much as uh, John McClane and um, Holly McClane John. riding off into the sunset. I think this is our swan song. What, do we, what we should say like like John and Al you don't like the romantic I don't want to ride off of the sunset with you <laughs> it's the whole reason I invited you here Nick I was yeah, fair enough but, it, well, who, but who's Bruce I'm Bruce Willis obviously in this scenario um, okay I give it up well listen thank you for coming in today it was my pleasure and i I hope anybody learned anything about die hard and we didn't just seriously doubt it (laughs) (laughs) i I do feel like this was just a a great opportunity for us to reminisce back to our childhood and um but you know i I feel with a certain amount of maybe insight that might or might not if if we
1: can get some more fans of die hard out there i'd I'd be happy you know i try that with my students and
0: i don't think it's working (laughs) so maybe this podcast could help (laughs) Um, Please go watch Die Hard. It's not difficult to find. Now is the perfect time. It's about to be a prequel, so you have to see the first one. And, uh, yeah, well, thank you for tuning in. This episode of The Backlot was not written by anyone. It was a complete improv here with me and Nick Sivakamaran, senior instructor here at New York Film Academy. Produced by Christian Hayden and me, David Nelson, who's also the creative director. Mixed and recorded by Christian Hayden. It has been executive produced by Jean Sherlock and Dan Mackler. And is a production of the New York Film Academy. If you want to learn more about our programs, and perhaps even have Nick Sivakamaran as your directing instructor, check us out at nyfa.edu. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Are we recording? We should record. I'm recording. Hey, really?
1: I told Renita, you know, I'm doing a podcast with David. And she's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, Die Hard? She's like, What about Die Hard? I'm like, No, I had no idea.